It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Landon, it is Groundhog's Day again. Uh, I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool. We are Locked On Cowboys. It's one of my favorite holidays, Groundhog's Day. Uh, how are you doing today, sir? You're truly a, a man from Pennsylvania. Uh, I, I'm good. I popped my head out of the hole and I saw my shadow, unfortunately. So I'm going to be crawling back into bed as soon as we're done podcasting, I think. Jeez. I saw draft season and I'm excited. So this is ready to go. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sure people in California don't care about Groundhog Day at all, right? No, uh, we have our own, uh, um, you know, mammal-based holidays that we uh, we we worship that dictate the uh, length of seasons. Uh, it's completely different. We it's like we have to see a dolphin to see how long summer lasts or something. Oh, right? sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> are you a fa- fan of the uh, the Groundhog's Day movie? Oh, oh, it's one of the okay. best comedies of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's hilarious. You know what I'm doing tonight? We're sitting down watching that movie oh. with the family, so I'm excited. Yeah, that's a great idea, honestly. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we've got a busy show for you today. We've got a ton of Senior Bowl stuff to get to. And actually, not going to lie, i got Senior Bowl on one of my screens right now, so I can kind of watch it as uh, we talk about it today. Uh, we've got some stuff from the Cowboys and Stephen Jones. Uh, let's go ahead and start with that, Lana. Stephen Jones gave an interview yesterday talking about a lot of the different things. The salary cap gave all the typical cliches about the cap being real and all that kind of stuff. But uh, he had an interesting quote on Amari Cooper that I'm going to read. It says, it's sometimes not all on the receiver. It's scheme. It's getting the receiver the ball. It's the targets. But if you're going to pay someone a lot of money, you want them to be the best at what they do. With that comes high expectations. What are your thoughts on Stephen Jones' quote about Amari Cooper? Okay, I want you to imagine that my take on this situation is Bill Murray, and Stephen Jones's take on this situation is the guy comes up to him on the street going, Phil? Ned Ryerson, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Ned's <laughs> like, To me, it's it's exactly what we kind of talked about, you know, after the season. It's it's and I think that people are are actually taking what look the salary cap thing is nonsense. Right? Like I, I'm I'm certainly not defending the salary cap is real thing. I I, I mean you look, can manipulate we, that however you want. We've been watching the New Orleans Saints long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I think that that but the other part about it that that you know talking about uh, Amari's contract and the expectations, I I think that that has some legitimacy to it only in the sense that, and again, I, I think people are going to hear that they heard what I said and they're going to think that this is blaming Amari, but I I think that the issue is that you pay guys like Amari Cooper twenty million dollars a year to play wide receiver, and if you're not going to give him, not going to make a concerted effort to get him the football. Or if he's not able, which I think it's more that they at times have not made concerted efforts or struggled to get him the football. Or if he is going to be unable to get open, is it really worth paying somebody $20 million if he's not being force-fed targets or alternatively is being such a good decoy that everyone else in the offense is eating at a level that is satisfactory to make the offense go, right? At the end of the season, neither one of those things were happening. Whether you want to say that Amari Cooper wasn't, you know, getting open, whether you want to say that Amari Cooper, uh, which is hard to believe, but if you want to say that Amari Cooper, uh, uh, you know, didn't uh, play as well near the end of the season after COVID or after the injuries, those are all legitimate points to make. But I think ultimately what he's trying to say is that we pay these guys a lot of money. We have a superstar wide receiver who we pay like a number one wide receiver. We either need to get, put more into getting him the football or we need him to, to do more to, you know, be open to receive the football. But either way, like Amari's number with that production and not even just his production, but the production of the offense overall is unsatisfactory. And I think you would say the same thing about Dak Prescott, but the difference is, is that Dak Prescott didn't make uh, sign a contract. That's going to make it easy for him to get cut after three seasons. Hmm. So uh, that's why the, pr- the pressure point is on Cooper as opposed to anybody else in the offense. So what do they do here? What, what would you do? What, what do you expect them to do? Because I, my problem is, is, okay, you can cut him. And then I think you have to draft a receiver in round one because I, you're, the cover would be bare. Is that is doing that upgrading your team? I, my answer is probably no. But if he's no, I, not going to be worth $20 million, then I, what do you think? I think that – I don't think cutting him is a thing to do. I think trading him is a potentially option, but even then, like you're, you're just not going to get the value that you want, right? You're not going to get the kind of value that is going to, like you said, make this team better than it was last year. I think this team, the best chance for this team to be better on offense than it was last year is for Cooper to be back on this offense. I, I agree. I think the, the, but, but I do think that there needs to be an effort to, have more efficient play from him, whether that's the play calling. And look, I think this is why it's difficult for me, right? Is because it seems like what you should be able to do is get Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper should be able to get into the game at any point. And it didn't feel like that at certain points. It felt like they had to force feed him early in these games in order to kind of get him in rhythm to have a good game, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I just... Amari's got to work on that part himself. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he's got to work on remaining focused in these games, uh, you know, not feeling uh, uh, like, you know, disjointed with the rest of the offense because he's not involved immediately. Uh, Because sometimes it's just not going to work out that way. But I'm, I'm on board with getting Amari more snaps, but where I, where I have problem, I mean, not snaps, but more targets. Right. But where I, what I have problems with is that, 
the the need to like front load all those at the beginning of the game in a way that is like very predictable that that's where i part of the issue i think that we had offense had early in the season right is that in the passing game you knew you had you knew that they were going to uh force feed amari and then mm-hmm. you knew that they were going to run the football and because of that it made their game scripting incredibly predictable uh <laughs> I have so many thoughts in this land, but for me, I think, yes, the best strategy for the Cowboys going back or going forward in 2022 is to have Amari. I, I, we've seen throughout his career. He has been somebody when he's nicked up or misses practice, especially if he misses yeah. a lot of practice time, it kind of translates to the game. You see sloppy play. You don't see the, com- yeah. yeah. You don't see the confidence between the quarterback and the receiver. I think he just needs to get healthy. He dealt with a lot of injuries this season, right? Like, was it in training camp? He was dealing with plantar fasciitis, right? Uh, he had the the COVID thing, obviously, midway through the season. He had a knee issue. I think I'd like to see him one more year fully healthy <laughs> before I make a decision. But maybe that's just not going to be a thing anymore with Amari. But that's, yeah, that's what was my other thing was, is that, like, I mean, how, how long have we had Amari Cooper for a stretch where he, before he gets has something, right? Like, it but just I, feels... I, I think I think like last year, right in two thousand twenty. I know Dak only played five games, but he was fairly healthy for most of that season. It was really good. Like even despite the bad quarterbacks, he was really good. Even if he can be like that level of healthy, I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think if we can get that, that's fantastic. The issue is, is that it feels like more and more you know, nicked up. It's frustrating how much of a percentage of a, of a player, how much of a loss you lose, how much it's, it's frustrating how much you seem to lose of Amari with even minor nicks and bruises. I mean, I'm saying that as someone who's not dealing with plantar fasciitis or, you know, a knee, a a nagging knee. Basically we're saying with injuries that you can play through how much it affects you. Right. It really like it's he's like it's like he's a too finely tuned race car, right? It's well, like, and we uh, see this with a lot of speed receivers, especially like uh, the perfect example for me is like Will Fuller, right? Yeah. If Will Fuller is a little bit nicked up, you're just getting a fraction of the player. But there's other guys that you know, hey, they're dealing with a hamstring injury, and it doesn't seem to matter. They can still kind of fight through it. I, I I'm not questioning Amari's toughness because I do think Amari's really tough. Like some of the injuries he's played through are really serious. Yeah. It's just he's not as effective as other receivers when he is banged up. And it's more to me it's more just that yeah, he's a speed guy but he's a he's a big bodied route running wide receiver. Like those guys when they take nicks and bruises, the other ones that are similar to him, they don't have the same sort of drop off that Cooper has. And again, please please people do not think this is a toughness question. It's, it's not, about no, no, no. physical performance. It's about his his ability. It it just feels like his ability drops significantly with minor injuries in a way that you don't see with other big wide receivers. It feels like so that's, I mean, it, again, it's not criticism because he, he can't help it, but it's frustrating and it's something that has to be brought up because we're talking about results and it it's part of the result. Yep. So uh, it's just you know kind of. It, it's not one little. It's not one thing, one big thing with Cooper, right? It's it's like a couple of little things that add up to yeah. kind of annoying, you know, uh, setbacks for the guy that's supposed to be the kind of centerpiece of your offense. I agree. 
Um, so ultimately, we are both in agreement. Bring him back. But this, is, if he has another year like this, probably 2023 is the year to move on. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to think so. It's just, I mean, I, I have to think it's really just a coin flip with him th every year. You know, it's just, that's the thing I think that's frustrating is that, you know, not everywhere, there's not a ton of super consistent wide receivers, but Cooper is just such such a roller coaster ride. Um, I, I, yeah, I think definitely, you know, you bring it back next year and then you may have a great year with him next year uh, and then keep him in 2023. And then it may just go back to exactly what it was kind of this year up yep. and down a little bit. So yeah, I think you just ride the roller coaster a little bit more, but you got to find, if you're going to do that, you got to find a way to add more stability to the rest of your offense. All right, let's take a quick break. So I can tell you guys about bet online, Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before as football is worth the Super Bowl, man. We've made it. Uh, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Lana, let's do some Senior Bowl talk. So yeah. Tuesday was the, uh, was the first day of practices. Uh, again, practices are going on right now. And I've, I've got a wandering eye as I'm watching one-on-one -on -one drills right now for the offensive lineman. But uh, who are some of your big winners uh, from watching the tape? Well, uh, first off, yeah, big winners, I would say, for me, I watch mostly offensive linemen versus defensive linemen. That was where so I was I. really focused <laughs> um, So big winners for me. I mean, Zion Johnson, it's, it's not a surprise. You've heard the name already being talked about a lot on Twitter if you've been on. Um, uh, guard center tackle from Boston college. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, I love the way he looks as a guard. Like I, I love that body type of guard. I know that there's been a kind of a propensity to try to move these tackles, college tackles inside the guard. Uh, and, and he, you know, it started out as like moving these kind of Zion Johnson tackles to guard, right? Because it made sense with their body type in the NFL. But even now what you're seeing is because of Zach Martin and other guys, you see these former tackles, these six, five guys that are moving inside the guard. Uh, and, and Zion Johnson's not necessarily that he's, he's a little bit shorter. He's like six, three, six, three and a half, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's got long arms. I, I, I don't remember what the measurement was, but I think it was 34 inch plus. It might've even been 35 Yeah, um, and just incredibly long. arm, and he just plays with such great technique. I mean, you just see him when he engages first, he's, he's usually the guy to get his hands on you first. He just sits down in his seat, uh, you know, got his, to his toes pointed outwards and just bends. And it does that Zach Martin back bend. It's so cool to see. Um, so he really had a great deal, uh, great uh, practice. Uh, a couple other people that are just off the top of my head uh, that I really liked. Kingsley Inagbury. Is that how you yeah, From South Carolina. Yep. Dude, that kid has got 
some crazy long arms, and he knows how to use that long uh-huh. arm real well. I saw I saw him on one of these reps uh, throw a long arm um, and then counter it with a long arm to spin that worked inside. Um, really, really interesting player. I haven't heard a lot about, uh, but I, but but he really caught my eye. Um, let's see who else I got. Jermaine oh, Johnson. Oh, go 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 ahead. Let's go back to Zion because yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I think he is a legitimate option for the Cowboys at 24. So a little backstory on him. Uh, Plays at Boston College, plays left guard for most of his career there. He actually had a game where they had a bunch of injuries at left tackle. And it was against Virginia Tech. He slid out to play left tackle. Maybe the best game he's had. I think he only allowed one pressure in that game. He seems like the kind of guard that would work really well here, right? Tons of experience at left guard. Has played at least 700 snaps in three straight seasons. And then he, he goes to the Senior Bowl. And, I, I mean, again, we're, we're only a day and a half in. But really doesn't lose, right? Like, he just yeah. kind of wins every spot he plays. Uh, I, he literally just did a rep right now where guy crossed his face and kind of put him on the ground. So, I He's a good player. I know he, I know offensive linemen are not the flashiest picks and players in the world, but he's just good, Lan. There's just not a lot of weaknesses there. Yeah, and I think that that's you know, kind of what you're looking for with these guys, right? Especially if you're going to be taking kind of a, a, a first-round guard, right? You want a guy who is, even at the bottom of the first round, you want a guy who's very clean, who's, who's got you know very good technique, who can be plug-and-play, um, you know, I like these kind of guys because it feels like he can anchor, you know, he's got, he's got some sand in his pants and with those long arms, he, he's usually the guy, especially against defensive tackles, which are not, you know, the more, uh, long-armed players, though, though you're seeing more and more of that, yeah. um, he's going to be the guy who's engaging first. Right. And I think that's really going to help, you know, if he comes to Dallas and he's got to play the, you know, Deron Paynes and the and, you know all the folks that the, the Cowboys face From the on their schedules with defensive tackles. Yeah, <laughs> are we, are we gonna have a whole podcast about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I think he's I think he you know, is a, is the kind of guy that I think would be a good fit at at twenty four if if he's there. You know, I don't know that. I don't know that we're going to get to the draft and Zion Johnson's going to be our number one, like hope for target. Maybe he will, maybe he'll actually rise. I, and he'll actually wouldn't shock get above our spot. But I, I think that there is, I think as of right now, I definitely see him as the guy who is your floor at the least, right. Is a very, very, yeah. very nice floor at 24, right. Is he okay. At the very least we think we can get this guy and, and he's a good fit for what we need. And, and it's a good, uh, uh, you know, value at the spot and, and, and for what we're looking for. Uh, I agree. Um, I, I've got some defensive linemen I want to talk about, but is there any other offensive linemen that stood out? I, I kind of thought Trevor Penning, the Northern Iowa tackle, yeah, who a lot a lot of people thought would uh, have a really good senior bowl week. I, I kind of thought he struggled in both one-on-one yeah, wasn't in, yeah, in, in the team period. I don't know if you saw the one play that he had in team where – he got bull rushed and threw the edge into Desmond Ritter and almost tore Ritter's ACL. Like that was, that was rough, but I've been a little bit disappointed from him. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily the greatest showing from him. Um, I got to say, actually, you know, it took me a while to kind of find a roster to find, <laughs> figure out who was who. That's the hardest and part. When I, yeah. When I figured out who Penning was, I was like, Oh no, I just watched like three really bad reps. Yeah. He did not play well. And I'm, 
he's practicing right now and he just got beat on the edge by a 240 pound guy so i was struggling a little bit um, uh, I would I would say Max Mitchell I thought had some yeah. nice pet Bob the guy from Louisiana. Yeah. Um, I thought Marquise Hayes wasn't quite what I had hoped for. I thought he yeah. had some kind of questionable technique, but I thought he looks the part for sure. Uh, I, I thought Luke Fortner. Uh, he was yeah. a guy that's a Kentucky uh, uh, center guard type. I think yep. he just looked very comfortable and very capable. Uh, uh, you know, I think you saw a lot of guys in there trying center and guard. Uh, you know, including uh, including uh, Zion Johnson, who looked very good there. Do you think Zion's uh, a center though in the NFL? Because I think he no. can do it, but I don't think that's his best. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't put him there. Like, I, no. I would put him at guard. Uh, but I thought I thought that Luke Fortner was one of the guys who actually looked very comfortable playing center. Yeah. Um, so that was something worth pointing out. Um, we're going to talk about defensive linemen in a second, but I watched a lot of the wide receivers and the corners and the safeties and. It's kind of an underwhelming class. There's not, I mean, at least at the senior bowl, there wasn't anybody that I thought really stood out. Like last year, we liked like Dwayne Eskridge a lot. Yeah. And guys like that. I don't think there's anybody there that's all that intriguing, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, honestly, going in and kind of just perusing the names, it seemed like, you know, all the excitement was around defensive ends, offensive yeah. linemen. Yeah. The quarterback class is not like you know for, full of first rounders, but there's at least a good group yeah, of five guys of the top who will move six. the ball. Right. Yeah. Five of the top so. six quarterbacks in this class are at the senior bowl, which is pretty yeah. rare. Uh, yeah. All right. I want to talk about the defensive linemen because this is a good group. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If you're sticking to yours and trying to get fit, Built Bar is here to help you out. Built Bars are 100% covered in real chocolate, and most Built Bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs. But they have 17 grams of protein, and there's so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and so many more. In fact, Built Bars are always coming up with new limited-time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Defensive line. Let's do this. Uh, which which defensive lineman stood out the most to you? The most? I, I, I mean, probably... Uh... Probably Jermaine Johnson. I, I just think hmm. that, like, you know, his length and his explosion. You know, one of my favorite things about watching these matchups is, you know, these guys don't get to really – or somewhat, they kind of know these players when they walk in. But it's not like, you know, they've had a whole week of film study on these guys. There's no scouting, really. Any kind of scouting that's done by these players is done on their own, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's it was really great to watch Jermaine Johnson go against these offensive tackles, right? Because early on he was just destroying them, like just getting past them, sweeping underneath them, using speed. 
Then as practice started to wear on a little bit, you started to see some of the uh, offensive tackles start to overset him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and that's when he started to have a little bit of tr- troubles. Like he was just putting his head into them and kind of just trying to drive through them. And that wasn't working. Then you see like two or three snaps later, he's doing the same thing. They overset him. And now he's spin moving back inside as his counter to get to the quarterback. So uh, I love seeing stuff like that because it, it really shows you the kind of chess game, except like greatly accelerated, right. Of, of what happens between pass rushers and, 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 and uh, pass protectors in, in the game. So I to kind of get to what I was saying. Jermaine Johnson, I thought really is having a hell of a senior bowl, right? He's, he dominated the weigh-ins, but yeah. with, with, with his height and weight and length. Uh, and then it, it, he translated all that to the one-on-ones. Um, you know, I think, it, like I said, I saw him lose maybe, two snaps out of eight or something like that. The rest, he was really, uh, uh, if there was a quarterback, he was likely sacking or getting a pressure. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, 6043, so six foot four and a half, 259 pounds, 34 and a half inch arms, 83 inch wingspan. It's a big defensive end. Big <sighs> defensive end. That and is. I, I still don't know if he knows how to use his hands and his arm length yet. If he figures that out, he's going to be really, really good. Um, yeah, even his spin move was completely out of control. Like he oh, yeah. was just like it was crazy looking, but it was effective because he had pushed the tackle so far wide with his initial speed that it worked. So yeah, if he just actually learns what he's doing with some of this stuff, it's he's going to be a good little player. Um, one guy I want to mention, uh, Perrine Winfrey. I'm hopefully I'm mm. saying his first name right, but I really didn't know much about him uh, going into yesterday. But then I saw the way at six three and a half. 303 pounds, defensive tackle from Oklahoma, 10 oh, and a yeah. half, 10 and a half inch arms, or excuse me, hands, 35 and a half inch arm length, 85 and five eighths wingspan. That is the third biggest wingspan in NFL history for a player. And I, what I was kind of, again, had no knowledge of him going in, watching the practices yesterday. He looked good. And then literally as we were talking, he just beat Zion Johnson twice at center, crossed his face twice and beat him up the field. I mean, with somebody with that size, athleticism, and quickness, he's not going to last super long in the draft, I wouldn't think. I'm kind of surprised that you know, he hadn't you know made more of a th- – that's the thing you always kind of run into is that you run into some of these guys in, in, in the practice tape and you look at the measurables, you look at what they're doing in the senior bowl, and you're like, why didn't – why weren't they just dominant during the regular season the way that you've seen their athletic profile and their yep. tape and senior bowl kind of show, you know? Uh, he's one of those guys that I kind of was watching and was like, this guy has all the tools. He looks good. Why is he not why is he not well, a big deal? And it could be that system at Oklahoma. They and we yep. saw this from Gallimore, right? Too when Rock Gallimore tech. was there. <laughs> Yeah, you play five tech. Sometimes you'll play as that nose tech, the, the zero tech, and you'll play like in the uh, like frog, a frog stance. Yeah, right. Frog yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. He's intriguing. Uh, one more defensive tackle that I wanted to mention: uh, Devonte Wyatt from Georgia. Yes, not a great defensive tackle class, but Wyatt might be the best. Six two and a half, three hundred seven pounds, seventy inch, seventy eight inch wingspan. He dominated on Tuesday. Like they just couldn't block him. He won with quickness. At 307 pounds, he's a good player. It wouldn't surprise me if he's a top 50 pick. My notes simply say, Devontae Wyatt has some quicks and a plan, and that's all you need. And, and that's what it is. He he, he yeah. has lateral quickness. 
He knows what he wants to do to his, uh, to the blocker. Uh, and that's enough, you know, that's enough to get you around. Some of these guys is just, a uh, an idea how to string moves together and then the quickness to kind of execute that. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought he was, you know, in a class of just kind of middling defensive tackle play from what I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he looked pretty good. I, I thought another guy that looked, uh, pretty good inside was, uh, Travis Jones. I think. Yeah. From, the, from UConn. UConn? Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he looked like a load, Like he looks like just not fun to block 330 so, pounds. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely uh, could be, he's obviously more of a you know of a nose tackle type, but, but I thought he I thought he had some interesting looks uh, yesterday. And the other other guy I was going to mention is Logan Hall from Houston. He's like a two hundred and seventy mm-hmm. pound defensive tackle, probably an edge rush in the NFL, but uh, won a lot of reps uh, yesterday and today. I reminds me a lot of Peyton Turner who got drafted last year from Houston mm, in the first yeah. round. So uh, just a good group at, at at mobile at defensive uh, tackle defensive end yeah honestly the trenches in general uh just it's a good it's a good group this year uh the tackles are pretty good i think you would want to see pinning kind of play a little bit better uh what about the they, uh daniel Falele from uh minnesota he's large i mean i'd love <laughs> to have him come off the bus uh but i think as soon as he gets off the bus he's probably sitting down <laughs> uh I, you know he, he I thought a little, little bit yesterday he did like he didn't he doesn't um uh, i saw him chasing a lot it felt yeah like, right um so uh, yeah i think that the, the tackle class could be better uh but i i think that you know it's also day one so we're gonna give them some time yeah. to kind of work into a little bit but i do think that yeah the interior offensive line the edge rusher clash uh those those really look like two group two solid groups this year so Zion Johnson, our biggest winner from day one, I think that's got to be the answer, right? Yeah, probably so, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah certainly I not. So. You know, Kenny Pickett, maybe, or uh, no? Probably what do you Zion think about Johnson. him not measuring his hands. Did you see that? I, you know, I, I don't. I, I think they they're trying to control the narrative and. I am not an agent, so I don't really know if this is a better route to take than getting out in front of it and just saying, hey, this is this is my hand size. I've got double jointed thumbs so I can grip the ball a little bit different than some other guys with six and a half inch hands and uh, whatever. Why doesn't the NFL do a grip test rather than a hand size test? Like they have the technology to do that, right? Just I think that would be a better way to, to evaluate the nfl has the technology to do a lot of things that they don't do so as as we're learning they're very old school in so many different ways probably not going to want to get into that on this podcast (laughs) but absolutely yes old school there's probably other words they use but yeah uh, old boys club i think is probably uh, a more accurate description uh but yes i agree i I think that you know ultimately what you're trying to going back to what we're talking about ultimately what you're trying to do measure is you know what happens when it's cold outside and uh, Von Miller comes around the edge and and hits that ball yeah. as hard as he can, swinging his arms. Are you going to be able to hold on to it? Yeah. Uh, you know it, it matters. It does matter. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. Continue talking about some Senior Bowl stuff. Uh, well, I'm sure there'll be Cowboys related news. As there's always Cowboys related news uh, to talk about. Follow the show uh, at Locked On Cowboys on Twitter can download the show wherever you get your podcast follow lane and at mccool bcb i'm at marcus underscore Mosier. enjoy groundhogs day we'll see you next time phil
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.